years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And it is. We're going to throw the front door wide open, invite all of Arizona to come in, sit down on the couch at my house. Even in the middle of June, it's a good morning today to throw the door wide open. It is. Come on in, y'all. Been on the kids all summer long. Close the door. Close the door. They, they're getting a pass today. That's right. <laughs> beautiful day in Arizona. This beautiful Arizona weekend. We're here this particular hour to help you get anything you'd like done around your house, home, castle, or cabin. If you're in the middle of a project and just can't get it to go to the next step or the next phase or you're, it's still in the thinking stages and you want help thinking through a particular project, if you want help kind of figuring a budget for a project, if you want help recommending with recommendations of tools or products, if you want ideas or tips in how to compare two different proposals for the same amount of work, that's why we show up every single Saturday morning right here at Rosie on the House. You reach us by dialing the toll-free number one triple eight. 767 4348 1 767 4348. Easy way to remember that is it's 1 my name, R O S I E, the number 4, and the letter U. 1 Rosie 4U. And that's what we are. We're here for you, the Arizona homeowners. We get together every Saturday morning and do this broadcast for one reason to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And when I say we, I mean me, my son Romy, who's been co-hosting with me now for over 15 years, my wife, who's been my wife now for 40 years, and our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D., who's been with us right at a year now, right, Gary D.? Not quite, but getting there. Yeah, really? Man, Mm -hmm. really, really love having Gary D. around, all he's done for the show quality. So we all get together every Saturday morning, come down to the station, and for the sole objective of visiting with you. I have a little follow-up to do. We were, uh, I don't know, making derogatory comments, uh, Maybe maybe you want to call it trash talking. Less than favorable. Uh, Honest. Less than favorable Honest. conversation about a particular technique that some companies use to promise you lower utility bills. And it's a type of insulation that's called radiant barrier that's put in your attic. Comes in various forms. Uh, one of the more popular ways is uh, it's tinfoil confetti that they just shoot out of the hose and sprinkle it all over the top of your existing insulation. Does next to nothing. Absolutely next to nothing. But they'll charge you about a buck, a buck and a quarter square foot to put it up there with promises of huge savings on your energy bill that you'll never see. The other form of radiant barrier is they go up there and they Take sheets of tinfoil and staple it to the top of the roof rafters, covering your insulation. Again, accomplishes nearly nothing. There's another form of radiant barrier that they go up in the attic and they staple it to the bottom of the rafter, up high, over your head. Accomplishes maybe just a little bit more. 
But there is one type of radiant barrier that if while building your home, the contractor gives you an option where it is attached to the underside of the plywood roof sheathing, that's probably the best place for it. But the reason radiant barriers don't work is because the building code requires us to put a minimum of R30 insulation between your living space and your attic. We generally tell you it's worth the money to take that up to an R38. And I'm talking to all of you that are below the Mogollon Rim. I'm talking to all the homes on the desert floor and in the desert foothills, okay? The attic should be an R30 to R38. And when you and it should be blown in, not bats. And when you stick your head up in the attic, you should see one continuous sea of insulation with no interruptions, no pockmarks, no craters, no mounds or hills. Just perfectly level, as flat as a calm ocean, calm lake. And you should never ventilate your attic. People are scared of the heat in their attic. And I'm going to talk about this in greater detail next hour. But the heat in your attic does very little to impact your air conditioning bill. So quit spending money trying to cool off your attic. I'll give you the science of that next week. But the follow-up is on Radiant Barrier. And we had a woman who challenged me in an email and said, we installed Radiant Barrier. We were actually very happy with the results. And we feel like it has paid us back. It, was, it, would, it would be hard to get objective results on that because what she did, when the home was built, they bought it brand new. The builder gave her the option to upgrade to this aluminum foil on the back of the roof deck. And so she doesn't know what her bills would have been without it, for one. Mm-hmm. She was moving from a less efficient home to a more efficient home with or without the barrier. It was a more efficient home just in that it was a newer genre of home having to be built to newer codes. Uh, but the, the builder still did charge her a couple thousand bucks to do the upgrade. And they've been in the home about 20 years. Well, in that 20 years, you've probably just about gotten your money back. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk more about addicts, but I did want to follow up on that one radiant barrier issue. The other thing we're, we talk about a lot, People always call and want to know how much is this project going to cost me, and I'd kind of like to. I'd like to kind of go into that just a little bit. Do you have any other follow up items you have, buddy? Before we jump into something else, nope. You're okay. Kitchens and baths. We, we the number one request we get at Rosie on the House Remodeling uh, is is still come do an assessment for me as to how I can get mom and dad home. Or maybe just mom or maybe just dad. Come look at my house. Come look at my property. And what can we do to get mom and dad home? Uh, second thing we're asked about are upgrading and updating kitchens. So let me talk to you all just a little bit about the conversation I have with everybody that calls our office and wants me to come visit with them about remodeling their kitchen. I get you on the phone and I get your address and I go on Google Earth, and I look at your house from the sky, and I can see where the roof 
look, from the roof orientation, I can tell where your kitchen is from the roof vents and whatnot. I ask you to describe it to me. I can tell you about the footprint of your kitchen. And when I take all of the kitchens that we've remodeled over all of the years and convert the contract amount to today's equivalent dollars, I can tell you that for a complete kitchen remodel where you're going to tear out your cabinets, countertops, maybe relocate a couple things, change the lighting, but not including appliances, everything but appliances, you're going to have a really hard time spending less than $250 to $300 a square foot. And we have many kitchens that went over $600 a square foot. So that's the kitchen remodel cost per square foot. The other way to figure that is I tell them, look, have you done any cabinet shopping at all? Do you think you're going to spend $15,000 on cabinets or $20,000 on cabinets or more? And generally what they think they're going to spend on cabinets goes up about 30% once they sit with a cabinet designer and are told about all the upgrades that can be built into these cabinets. But whatever you spend on your cabinets, the total job is going to be three to five times that much. So if you spend $20,000 on cabinets, you're going to be between sixty dollars and $100,000 on, on, the, on the kitchen. So the square foot price, $300 to $400 a square foot. The cabinet price times three or four. Or just go to Zillow. And look at the current value of your home. We've done kitchens for as little as 10% of a person's current home, as high as 30%. So just take 20%. So those are three separate formulas we use to kind of put the kitchen remodel into a range. And we say, we think for us to come and be a full-service design-build remodeling company for you. And I've tested this information against the other Rosie certified remodelers all across the state, and it's, it's very, very consistent. These are, this is the range your kitchen is going to be. And invariably what we say is about twice what the homeowner was hoping for it to be. So then... We just put our we just put our experience to work. If you're lucky, yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. If you're lucky, might be three or four times. I I had for the first time in 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 years, I had I was at a meeting. I Someone think it said was, that's less. I, it was Wednesday, I think, and and it was a it was a, a building uh, taking a large garage and converting it to a mom and dad casita, mm-hmm. and. When when I told them what I thought they'd cost, what I thought it'd cost, she looked at me and she said, yeah, I, I thought it would cost just right about that. <laughs> <laughs> and she had it pinned down. She says, yeah, I was figuring $175 a square foot, and it was exactly $175 a square foot. I asked her if she wanted to come work for me as an estimator. <laughs> <laughs> so, But the kitchen module, we calculate in that particular arena. So... Once we have it kind of out on the table that the job done in today's materials to our standard, the Rosie Wright standard, is going to be about twice what you want it to be, we put our experience to work for you and kind of come up with the materials and the designs 
that kind of where we can meet somewhere is in the middle. And that's typically how we get to a kitchen remodel at Roselle on the House Remodeling. When we get back, we've got Gary and we've got Doug and we've got you. There's an open line for you at one 767 4348 And if you want to shop vehicles, I couldn't encourage you enough or more, any more. I don't know what I would have to do, get up and do my big happy dance to get you to drive to Sanderson Ford on 51st Avenue, just south of Glendale. 63 years they've been, not at that location, but they've been in business. And they are the number one Ford dealership in America, in America. And they're closed every Sunday. So if they're outperforming every other Ford dealership being closed 52 more days a year than everybody else, what does that tell you about the kind of experience you're going to have at Sanderson Ford? It's going to be super fantabulous. I haven't shot since I bought my first truck there 25 years. I haven't even walked on another dealership's lot. Take it from Rosie. Vehicle shopping? Get to Sanderson Ford. Closed on Sunday. Let's get to the callers. We've got Gary and Doug and an open line. If you've got a project you'd like to visit about, give us a ring. That's what we're here for. one 767 Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Rosie. What you up to? I've got a uh, exterior wall in the house. Uh, it's a, a wall between the bedroom and then on the outside is kind of the entryway foyer. And that part of the house is two-story. And the heat from outside kind of spills into the bedroom. And what I think is happening is it's open above the wall in the void between the two floors. It's open without insulation between uh, the ceiling of the entryway and the ceiling of the bedroom and so heat spilling in there but it's uh very hard to get to uh you can get there kind of through the attic access to possibly blow insulation but <laughs> it would be like 12 you know 12 feet away and so what's the best way to tackle that cut through cut through the ceiling of the entryway or what do you think well gary the the best way to do that is is going to be with a foam product mm-hmm. where, where they can just make a little hole in the wall and fill that cavity up with foam rather than trying to create a larger opening that you're going to get a hose in to do a blown-in insulation. Yeah, it's it's going to be on the vertical face, though. So on the horizontal thing, they need to kind of create a either fill the entire top of the bedroom ceiling or create a a barrier between the inside and outside part of the wall of the shared wall well i tell you i tell you if that were my house where i'd start is uh i'd get the house thermally imaged with a whole house energy audit have you ever had that done no i haven't okay look that's that's a hundred bucks to get to get the whole house done is one hundred dollars Oh, okay. And and with that thermal imaging, we'll be able to tell where the thermal bridges are most active. 
and will know where to concentrate the application of whatever insulation we decide to use. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, where are you in town, Gary, or in Arizona? Uh, uh, West Valley in Surprise. Okay. All right. Well, you've got Green ID or Rias, which you can both find at rosieonthehouse.com. Yeah, either one of them will come out and give you a full house energy audit. It's $99. And with that information, then I would want and, and I would ask you to have them copy me on the report. And then you and I will get together by phone, and I'll tell you how we should attack it. I'm, I'm thinking we're probably going to do it. Uh, we're going to call our buddy Dennis Rodenberg, and we're going to get him out there. We're going to very strategically stop the thermal bridges by injecting some expanding foam, which is going to cause you a lot less drywall repair damage. You know, it's a lot less intrusive than trying to get sure. in there with a with a bunch of blown in. And it works vertically or it works horizontally, either way. Okay. Sounds right. like a plan. Thank yeah. You. So we'll isolate that space thermally, okay? Okay. Okay, man. Appreciate the phone call. From there, let's see if we can get to Doug. Do we have time to take Doug? Oh, yeah. Two yeah, minutes. Okay. Two All and right. a half. Very good. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Rosie. How are you? I'm fine. How's your day today? Oh, so far so good, except for one problem. Oh, okay. I have I, I have a next door neighbor who's a incessant cigarette smoker. He will not quit. He smokes day and night. I mean, literally, four o'clock in the morning, it's not uncommon for me to smell smoke in my bedroom. His smoke is traveling about twenty feet from his small patio in the rear of his house into my bedroom window, right oh. through it, and making me sick. I already have um, emphysema myself from my previous cigarette smoking for many years. Yeah, he's making it worse, and he's just sticking up my place. Uh, it sounds like a, a, a very easy thing to fix, but it has not been so far. What do you recommend I use to secure my window from his cigarette smoke? Well, uh, a good any good window would would seal out that. I mean, if you've got good insulation, the the Pella fiberglass unit, even if it means replacing the window, uh, if you've got single-pane aluminum, older windows, uh, you won't be able to do anything to that other than just, you know, tape plastic up on the outside of it. But possibly think about upgrading that particular window. Um, I wonder if his neighbor listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that is really a hot, tough one. Cigarette smoke is hard. You know what, Doug? We we live on an acre, and and the closest house to us is on the next acre. We've been in that house for thirty years, and there was an older couple who had their mother, and I think they all smoked, and they smoked a lot, and when they walked out on their back patio. You could see the smoke coming out of the back of the house and smell it all the way over into our yard. It was absolutely incredible. I don't I don't know how you a good window is gonna keep it out of your bedroom and not gonna be anything you could do. If he's that close to you, you could mount a fan. On the eve, blowing of your it back at him. <laughs> on the Keeping eve, all the smoke blowing on the eve of your house, pointed right at him, might do something. The line just blew up. Maybe we have a couple caller suggestions. <laughs> now it ain't cause that I don't smoke myself, and I don't reckon they hinder your health. I've smoked them all my life, and I ain't dead yet. 
But nicotine slaves are all the same at a petting party or a poker game. Everything's got to stop while they have that cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. You want to know something funny? That I heard on the radio this week. What What investment over the last hundred years has consistently provided hands over fists the biggest return? R.J. Reynolds. Tobacco. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Said not oil, not electronics, not Apple, not uh, not anything else, but but tobacco because of. Anytime you want to make a fortune, you just invest in in human vices. <laughs> Say toilet paper too. I mean, you gotta have it. But not everybody. Yeah. Paper not products. everybody. You know, uses tobacco. Everyone uses oil. I just, I, I gas would have. I would have thought I would have picked gas. Well, I've got another uh, follow up here from an email we've received. Before we get back to the phones, and we will get right back to them. Uh, Miss Miriam wrote, she says, you know, I've, I've read your article and I've heard you talk on air about how to keep my house cooler, but I live in, a, in an older home, 1954, and the plasterboards are set up right against the masonry walls, and I can feel the heat and are cold when any of the temps get radical outside, right through on the inside. So, Miriam, this is exactly what we were talking about to the gentleman here just a few minutes ago. What we do is we take those block walls, and in 1954, they weren't even insulated. Back in the 60s, we would throw some real cheap insulation down in the block walls, because uh, I don't know why, because uh, <laughs> uh, energy went from $0.03 cents a kilowatt to $0.05 cents a kilowatt. Uh, but, Miss Miriam, your, your block walls are probably empty and void, and for a very economical investment— we can inject foam into that block empty space and create an incredibly thermally efficient wall. And you'll be surprised how much quieter it makes your home. But the big surprise, people tell us, is how much cleaner it keeps the home. So thermal advantage, give them a ring. We'll respond to your email Uh, and visit with you about that. But those of you in the older block homes, you don't have to fur out the wall. You don't have to put the foam on the outside of the wall. You can keep your masonry exterior, and we'll just fill the voids inside the block wall with foam. It works really well. All right, let's get back to the phone. We've got Joe calling and an open line for you at one 767 4348 Good morning, Joe. Hi there. How are you? Good. Good. Um, my question concerns um, a replumbing in an older house, and the reason I'm asking and considering doing that is because I think I have a slab leak, and I had a company come out, and they were detect, you know, supposed to detect it. Anyway, they said they really couldn't be sure because the water pressure fluctuates a lot in my home. I'm in an HOA community. I'm connected, you know, to other homes. Okay. And so they recommended putting on a new shutoff valve and then a meter to meter the water usage in my home. Anyway, I brought it up at the HOA meeting, and nobody seemed concerned about the high water pressure, which I don't know how big a issue that is. And then other homeowners said, well, they had had leaks also because it is an older build, and they had replumbed through the soffits. And I just wonder what 
do you have any advice? What do you think I should do? Um, can I ignore it? <laughs> you know. Well, if let's not ignore a plumbing leak. If if okay. if we can confirm we have one, so okay. the plumbing is all under the slab. So this is a home that was built in the seventies, probably or sixties. Yeah, I think sixty-five. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that plumbing system is coming close to the end of its economic life. I will tell you that. Okay. And we will generally plumb that. When we replumb that, we do generally replumb it through the attic, which creates some of its own problems and headaches. Mm -hmm. But you shouldn't ha be left with wondering whether you have a leak or not. We, yeah. we, we can determine that fairly simply by two or three different tests. Uh -huh. um, what what is your water bill running? Well, it's paid to the HOA, so that's why I don't know if it's gone. My usage has gone up because we're all connected. It's all on one meter serves more than one property? Yes. Okay. Well, that does complicate it just a touch. Yeah. And they, they haven't seen it go up. Uh, or they haven't seen it go, on, go up enough to be alerted by it. Right. When the leak detection people came to look through your home, were they using, like, Geiger counter machines? Uh, yeah, something like that. He had some kind of little scope. He went over the floor. And yep. there's one place, the reason I thought I had a leak is because there's one place in the hallway where the water would come for the bathroom that the floor right there is warm most of the time. That's a... That's a that's a sure sign of a hot well, water. I thought too. Of a hot water uh, yeah. line leak. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, well, because I mean, if it's going to leak there, eventually it's probably going to leak somewhere else. So why just fix that? It would be better to just do the replumb. Yes, it would. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, 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 given have... given the age of the system that you have, you know, the yeah. fact that it's sixty years old. I, I would not saw cut the floor right. and make a little patch. I would go ahead right. and replumb the house. Okay. And, okay, so then I noticed on your website you have one plumbing company you recommend. Is that? Where mm -hmm. are you, Joe? I'm Central Phoenix. Okay. Well, we, uh, uh, if you'll go to our website and plug in your zip code and just hit plumbing, there's Walker Plumbing up at 22nd Street, East Rose Garden Loop. There's Babcock Plumbing in Scottsdale. There's Isley's over in Gilbert. There's Benjamin Franklin on Warner Road. There's Thunderbird Plumbing on Cotton Lane. Uh, you have, right in North Central Phoenix, uh, Walker Plumbing is probably going to be the closest one to you. But you have five Rosie Certified Plumbers in and servicing the greater Valley of the Sun. Okay? Uh, when you do call, if you call Walker Plumbing, uh, I'd like to be kept into the loop here as to what's going on and what they found and how they're going to propose fixing it. And if the fluctuating pressure is a problem, I'd be tempted to tell you if we're getting fluctuations in water pressure that are going much beyond 60 or 65 PSI, I would put a pressure regulator on at my house to keep everything at my house under 65 while the plumbers are there while they're there replumbing the house so keep those points in mind uh give any one of those guys a call let them know we talked on air uh and that we'll be checking up on on the status of the project periodically 
Miss Joe, we appreciate the call. Now, on a topic similar to Joe's, that many of you are getting letters from the cities mm. you live in that are asking you to ensure your water lines between the house and the meter or your sewer lines between the house and the meter. This is a company that's come in off the East Coast. The guy absolutely must be a genius. He's convinced cities all over the country to support him so that it protects their exposure to the cost of repairs when they happen if you can get the homeowner to buy the insurance for replacement. Maybe if your home is 60 or 70 years old, you might think about it. But, folks, for any of you that have a home that are 50 or 40 years old or newer, it's not worth the money, all right? So we're getting – those letters are being sent to our office constantly. Should I do this? Should I do this? Ensure the riser panel for the service electric panel. And because of the, it, the cities have got to be making money off of it, or like a person, you think like, they're getting a cut of it? They've got to be to be pushing it that hard. I don't know. Or it's protecting them from the exposure of costs down the line. I'm not exactly sure. I'm really not. All right, let's get to Greg. See if we can handle him with uh, Project in Chandler. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Tell me what you're up to. Yeah, I've currently got a flagstone patio about 800 square feet. It's been deteriorating, uh, just flaking off and stuff yeah. like that. So I want to completely replace it. And I'm debating whether to replace it with pavers or go with concrete that has a flagstone pattern on it, kind of a uh, coated concrete. Greg, I don't know which is better. Do you know if this flagstone you currently have is laid on top of concrete or is it sand set? A lot of it is on top of concrete, although there is some where it's a sand set. Okay. Well, there isn't any uh, argument in this, uh, in my mind. Pavers are the only way to go. And and go with a light-colored paver so that the patio doesn't become a heat sink with dark-colored pavers. They make pavers. Once you get the flagstone up off the concrete slab, you can lay a paver on top of that slab, and then when you get to the end of the slab, you can sand set the pavers. They make them so they interlace each other. The, the same finish, they have the overlay paver and the full thick paver. You'll never know where the slab begins or ends. Uh, it's zero maintenance from the very first day you finish installing it. Uh it the the price of a good concrete job isn't any significantly less than the pavers. Builders all over Arizona have virtually quit putting in concrete driveways and patios. They're all doing it in pavers. There's in in, in my book, Greg. There's just no reason to pour concrete hardly anymore. And you can go to the website Belgard.com, B-E-L-G-A-R-D.com, Belgard Pavers. Mm-hmm. And just just take a look at all the the products they've got available to you. And ju- I, in my mind, I, I tell you, pavers, and I say stick with the lighter colors. You bet. Okay, man. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, I, I Romy, you like the look of flagstone, don't you? I, I think that's so rich. I do. I would n- never. 
put it on my home. But, but <laughs> that's that's if, the dilemma. If it's somebody else wants to do the maintenance, they're welcome to it's our neighbor. constantly flaking. Their pool is a flagstone deck. And you jump in it, and you look across, and you can just see all the layers separating <laughs> on that flagstone. I'm like, man, this is not going to be cheap to replace, and it's not an old pool. But, man, if someone else is going to pay for the maintenance, I'll, I'll, then you could put flagstone. But if you've got to care for that yourself, it's rarely a... Flagstone done right is really, really a handsome, handsome look. But it does take some maintenance. And it's expensive. Because it needs to be on top of a slab, and it's a ton of work. So go pavers, buddy. You'll never regret it. I know you're going to call and thank me. All right, with that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Jerry and Steve. Welcome back to my house, Rosie on the House, where we're trying to help Arizona homeowners all across the great state of Arizona. Let's get over to Santan Valley and welcome Steve into the conversation. We've got Steve, we've got Jerry, and we've got Rick all waiting to visit with us. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, sir. Happy rainy day. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I bet it smells good out in Santan, huh? Yes, sir. Uh, Here's what my question is. I have a house with an interior a bathroom where there's no windows around it and it gets stuffy and what I've tried to do to make more air come in there without having to run a fan all the time I did um, get a round four inch duct and run some ducting to a soffit you know it's one of those ducts where I can open and close as I please okay it's not doing enough I like to know the other suggestions you can give me without power ventilating anything in and out I was thinking of putting another duct on the other side of the house so I maybe create a uh, a pressure difference, you know, one on the yeah. west side and one on the east side of the house, and then uh, and then it would you know flow air in that way. But any suggestion would help. And and you have plenty of room to get up in the attic and work around. I do, sir. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Steve, the way you're going to get ventilation to that bathroom quicker than anything, and it may surprise you, is not by supplying more air to the room from your supply side. But why don't you put one of those four-inch ducts and tie back into your return air plenum in front of the filter? As soon as you create a little negative pressure, as soon as you create a draft, it will pull the stabilized air from the rest of the house into that room with just a very small secondary return air. And if you're up there wrestling with flex duct and everything else up there, you'll be a lot happier with a little return than trying to upsize enough supply to make it work. Huh. My one question about that, sir, is uh, um, how do I tie in to the the big duct out there? I've got flooring and everything and lighting I can get around in there. I mean, can I poke a hole in the flex duct? Is that how I do it? And then that way, You're, I don't know how to do that. Well, is it is the air handling unit in the attic or is it up on the yes, roof? Sir, it's in the attic. It's in the attic. So... You've got a, a little bit of duct work. That, that's, a, that's called a horizontal air handler. And you've got a little bit of duct work that goes from that unit down somewhere. And your filter is in a ceiling register that you just drop a hinge door and it's right there. 
the, yeah, the, the right, filter. Yeah, right, right near there. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, I could tie into that then. You, you ought to you ought you ought to have room to tie in right there. Okay, I'm gonna give that a try. Thank okay, you. you let me you let me know how it goes, Steve. Appreciate the call. Let's see if we can sneak one more call in before top of the hour. Let's go from Santan Valley all the way down to beautiful Green Valley. Jerry, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've got a plumbing question for you. Okay. Uh, I've got a, uh, a toilet. When it uh, when you flush it, I get a, a big air airspace comes up before it actually goes down. The, the water goes down. Uh-huh. Uh, what what's creating that problem? It's not like a. It's not like just going having a direct uh, flow of water pushing everything out. So is that we, a venting problem, or we, is it? Uh, is there what? what yeah, you could be doing that. Yeah, you're right there. It's it. There's something blocking the atmospheric pressure in the plumbing vent system. Uh, are you home now? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, and when you activate the handle on the toilet to flush the toilet, the first thing it does is burp before the water starts siphoning down? Right. Yeah, it doesn't have that that full, uh, you know, uh flow of water. Uh-huh. I mean, and, I get this kind of a bubbling effect, a pause, and then it flushes. Yeah. Well, uh, have you had the system rotor-rooted out just to make sure it's clear of any obstructions? Uh, I've had it... Uh, once it starts... Uh, once it starts where things backed up. Yeah. Once it starts flushing, does it flush? Out. I mean, once the toilet actually starts flushing, it does a good full flush? Uh, no. It, uh, well, yeah, it empties the water out of the bowl. Uh, it's just that 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 pause of air coming okay. up. Okay, hang, on. Hang, then, on. hang on one second, Jerry. We're running right up against the top of the hour. We're going to have to end this hour by not solving Jerry's burping toilet. But, Jerry, hang on. At the top of the hour, we go to news and traffic and all of that. Give us a little research time. I'll, I'll get back on the phone with you, and, and we'll solve that problem. Rick and Mesa, uh, if you can hold, hold on. We'll take you uh, as start at 10 o'clock hour. If not, hang up and just call back in about five minutes, and we'll, we'll <laughs> get you. Or just set your phone down. Set your phone down. There you go. Fill up your coffee. Come on back. We'll be here right after about seven minutes. (laughs) 